out of sight. Hello, friends. We're back live again, Ty. What's up, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. That's right. Yeah, we, we haven't done a show since the Christmas episode, so we're jumping back into it here. That's right. That's right. It's a little late, but we're here, man. That's all that counts. Better late than never. And you know what? I, I saw that uh, just the other day it was Friends Day. So as a token of our friendship, I wanted to to pass the ball over to you and um, ask if you want to do the introduction of the show, which is, is we kind of already did. But, you know, that might be a, an interesting twist here for Friendship Day. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's episode number insert episode number here. We'll what get that. In, we'll get that in post, man. Uh, okay, cool. Episode number, uh, insert episode number here, and we are back with Complete Sentences podcast. Uh, this is Ty, and uh, on my on the other side, the other side of the ocean, there we got Mr. Rocky. Yep, that's me, man. Man, that was beautiful. You should do that every every show. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's a hidden talent. You didn't know I had it had it in me, did you? Didn't know. And I I wish that that the that the gift of our friendship could be better, a better gift than that. But with you living in Germany, that's really all I can, all that's really all I got, man. That's all right. We'll have to deal with it. So we're back. It's 2016 now. And I don't know. It's been kind of a, kind of a sad bummer of a year so far, really. Is it just me or? No, man, it's a tough start. We've had some, uh, we've taken some losses. I've taken some losses. That's for sure. This year. And it's been like so many different losses that I feel like you're going to bring up ones that maybe I didn't know about or I didn't feel strongly about. And I'm sure I'm going to have a couple that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know about that at all either. Mm-hmm. It's just been a whole plethora of deaths. It has, man. It's been a it's been a cavalcade of, uh, of death so far. So we'll jump into to saying goodbye to them. I'll be honest. I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But yeah, if. I don't know. I feel like I have just an extra amount of things to complain about, too. So I don't know if it's just if I'm getting more negative and more calloused about shit the older I get. But I don't know. I might have mm-hmm. a couple rants in here, too, man. Tell me if I get out of line, will you? No, it's good. It's probably the season, man. It's all I don't know about over there, but it's gloomy over here. Haven't seen the sun in weeks. Um, just brings you down and no fucking snow either. It's just cold and wet and dreary minus snow. So, yeah, I agree. The snow, the snow at least kind of, oh, hey, it's snowing outside. You know, that's something. Yeah, yeah, at least something different here. It's just darkness and misery and and deaths. So we'll cover that. We'll cover some some new movies and TV shows and all that fun stuff. But let's try to get some of this uh, shit out of the way. Who who was the death so far that's affected you the most? Dude, it, for me, it was Bowie. It was David Bowie. It truly fucked me up. Fucked me up pretty good for a few days. Um, yeah, hit me like a ton of bricks, man. I feel like, um, I mean, I'm sure all of this has been said, you know, because we're a little bit late on this. But really, I mean, we could just say that we were mourning David Bowie. We couldn't even gather ourselves to record. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> that's That's what it was. We, I, I texted you, you messaged me, and we were just like, no, nah, we can't do it, man. I don't have it in me. We can't do it. I gotta. I have to sit at home and listen to, to Space Oddity all day and, mm-hmm. you know. Gotta reflect. I watched Labyrinth 
nonstop on repeat for about a week. Did you catch the uh, the Bowie documentary? It came out like I think it was called Five Years, but I think it came out like last year or something for Showtime. No, I actually didn't even see that. Was did you see it? Yeah, it's it's a really good documentary. I think it it goes over like just a, a small handful of albums, but it um, mm-hmm. it's like the beginning of his career into his stardom. Really, that's awesome, man. Yeah, dude, there was there's just nobody like Bowie and the impact he had on music. I don't know. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think people realized it until he was gone. Haven't seen like a an uh, upheaval of mourning like that in quite a while. And that video, dude, like the video for Lazarus, that just uh, that move, that video was crazy, crazy. That was powerful. That was obviously him. Like I'm going out, so here we go. Here's my last message. Yeah, recommend anybody checking that out if they haven't seen it. The videos for Lazarus, but that whole album, dude, was just—I don't know. How do you how do you feel like you think that if if you were a musician and you kind of knew it was coming, would that mm-hmm. have been the last album that you wanted? Did you kind of dig that? You know that that was like the last album. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, I wish he had more, but for a last album, it's killer. It's a really good freaking album. Um. Yeah, in that video, the way he went out is just perfect. So, yeah, the album, like, regardless of his death or whatever, because I feel like a lot of people will be like, no, it's just because he's dead. That's why everyone loves it so much. And it's like, no, that's just actually a really fucking great album. It is. It's really uh, moody, and it just creates a whole environment, and it's just a a good album to kind of chill to and just really think, and it's going to make you kind of sad. And, I mean, yeah. It, what else could it be? He knew he was dying. He wanted to put out one last thing. I mean, yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, it, I don't know. I wouldn't want it any other way. He knows what's going on. He, uh, he's obviously in a super thoughtful, reflective time, you know, facing his own mortality and the album reflects that a lot. So I think it's good, man. It's an awesome way to win it. Go out. He went out like a champ. And also on the list, I got a whole list here. Um, yeah. did, did you know that Dave Mira's dead now, just the other day? Yeah, I saw that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was kind of crazy, too. I mean, I was never into BMX, but I was like a, a fake skater growing up. So, of course, there's bleed over into BMX with that, too. So Everybody did, man. I think I might have passed you, like, kind of trying to scoot on my skateboard and falling down. And I'm sure we might have ran into each other at one point. Probably did, trying to trying to do our first ollie. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, he he shot himself. So I don't know why. Maybe it's I don't. Maybe the X Games. I mean, obviously the X Games isn't like as cool as it was whenever we were growing up. But I don't know. I mean, he was he seemed to be at the top of the chain as far as BMX riders go. Oh, uh, I thought that's right. I thought that's what you were saying. That's why he shot himself. I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. Games wasn't that cool anymore. <laughs> it's because that's his whole life, man. Is that you know? I that's don't know. true. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Could, I don't know. I heard maybe um, he, I guess, the, I mean, I guess all those dudes take a lot of hits falling and stuff. So I've heard speculation of it being like, I don't know, like the football dudes who, you know, fuck their heads up so much that they just lose it. Yeah, that's a possibility too. I didn't think about that. And then uh, we also lost Lemmy, as everybody knows, but. 
you were saying that, that I mean, that definitely got overshadowed by Bowie dying. It did. It got overshadowed and it was, I feel like it was lost in the mix because it was, what was it, a few days before Christmas? It was yeah. just before Christmas or something. Yeah. So everyone's all all in a flurry for Christmas and then it's technically it's last year. So I think everyone kind of forgets like, oh, Lemmy also just died. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I feel like people were just more connected to the character of Lemmy. They weren't like as spiritually connected through his music as people were like with Bowie. They're just like, oh, fuck, yeah. yeah, Lemmy, dude, he's cool. I miss him. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Lemmy, I mean, yeah, he's just fucking rock and roll. He's the party dude. So it's like, oh, man, that's a bummer. He's gone. But yeah, it's true. I wasn't like, you know, his music isn't like rooted into my soul or anything. But for sure, I feel like he's fucking great. Motorhead was awesome. Oh, yeah. You, you feel the pain with that one. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, we lost a couple wrestlers, too, that I'm, I'm, I was kind of into. Um, Iron Mike Sharp, he was a huge Canadian wrestler. He was what they call basically a jobber, which is just a guy that comes out and he tries to make the other guy look good. You know, he just gets his ass kicked. And oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they have a name for that, dude? Oh yeah. oh yeah. They're yeah, they're um really skilled wrestlers, but they just don't quite have the character that's gonna take them up to the top. So any gotcha. uh, any wrestler Right. Yeah, they're not the rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but any wrestlers that the that the writers want to push, like to make them stars, they'll put them in the mic with or put them in the ring with somebody like Iron Mike Sharp and mm-hmm. Mike will let the guy kick his ass and make him look like a million bucks. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. Good for him. That's his. That's his role. He knew it. I guess that's cool. Yep, he was a good technician. And then we also lost uh, another wrestler who was uh, his name's Axel Rotten, but he was more of like a hardcore, like hit you with a with a fluorescent light tube kind of guy. Oh, really? Is he one of the, like the bloody like see the pictures of the bloody aftermath? Yep. Tacks on the floor and shit. There were some pretty awesome matches from ECW, which was sort of like the the pirate um, wrestling federation, basically, where they would just have these insane hardcore matches. And yeah. Axel Rotten and his brother Ian Rotten, who Ian died like 10 years ago, I think. But they used to have these matches that were called Taipei Death Matches. Mm-hmm. And they would, um, they would put a whole bunch of tape around their hands, and then they would dip their hands in glue and then put shards of glass all over the Jesus. glass. <laughs> they would have a match like this. Isn't that in the wrestler or something? I feel like I've seen that in something before. Um, and the wrestler. Yeah. Um, what's the Mickey Rourke? He had a, mm-hmm. uh, he had a hardcore match with an actual wrestler who's in the Indies and his name is Necro Butcher. Necro Butcher. Nice. Yeah. And that was the dude that was like sta- putting the staples in him and, yeah, yeah. Hitting him with the light tube and everything. All right. Um, is ECW still around? I forgot about that thing. Did that, like, incorporate into WCW or something? Yeah, ECW got bought out by WWE. Oh, WWE, that's right. Yeah, and, I mean, WWE pretty much owns everything. So if you have the WWE Network, they have the entire library of all, pretty much, like, any wrestling match ever. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what what there was WWF and WCW were those two separate ones? Yeah, and then they came together, right? Uh, WCW was owned by Ted Turner, and then uh-huh. they were like battling it out every Monday night. 
And finally, in 2001, WCW started going downhill, and WWE bought him out for like, I don't know, like two million bucks or something stupid like that, which their library alone was worth triple that money. Yep. So, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're back on the air coast to coast with Russell Chat. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, man. I love, I love being able to talk to somebody that really doesn't ever watch wrestling. So, I'm just like, yeah. Hey, no, man. I don't. But it's interesting, man. I love the whole uh, the culture of it. I'm definitely, I'm definitely cool with it. I dig it. Yeah, I, I, it's like um, it went from back whenever we were kids and like in the 80s, people kind of still thought it was real sort of. And that was sort of the gimmick that they were using, that it is real. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like people that that are really into it, they enjoy watching it, even though they know it's it's a worked business now. They enjoy watching it because they can be like, oh, my God, I can't believe the writers are giving this guy a push. What are they thinking? Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> able to. I don't know. They're able to just watch it and from the perspective of a fictional TV show or something. Yeah. Which is chill. I think as a kid, I knew it was. I think I pretty much knew it was fake, but I still enjoyed it. Like I still watched it a, a bunch, actually, like in the late 90s, you know, not enough to really remember everything. But yeah. I'm still watching it every week and the ratings are, are the lowest that they've ever been. They're kind of in the shithole right now. And Oh, really? Yeah, I could. I mean, I, I read like, I, you know, I get in on all this stupid uh, wrestling nerd forums and stuff online. And it's basically right now, it's sort of just a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Like WWE went public now and then mm-hmm. are, they're publicly traded. And now they have like a team of 20 writers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Jeez. Hmm. So, but yeah, I guess, uh, we also the same week as Bowie, right? Was it like Bowie was on Monday and then I think Alan Rickman was on Thursday. Yep. So that was a rough one, man. That was a rough week. And that was, I mean, definitely a rough week for you because you're, you're such a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, yeah, it was brutal. I was actually out on a, I was out at dinner with a bunch of friends, and one of them actually knew about it before the dinner, and he didn't tell me. Like, he didn't tell me just to, uh, because he didn't want to ruin my night. Well, that was that was nice. It was nice. Yeah, I was like, man, I got to live in a world for like two hours where Alan Rickman was still alive. So thank you. I thanked him. I I never really got big into the Harry Potter movies, but I knew Alan Rickman from Dogma. That was how I really knew him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, he's a fantastic actor. Everything he was in was killer, for sure. And he's an awesome villain in Die Hard. And oh yeah, what was his name? And what was the guy's name in Die Hard? Uh. Group, group, Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans, Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber. It's <laughs> perfect villain name, man. Yeah, that's how somebody told me actually when we were leaving the dinner. Somebody was like, "Hans Gruber died." <laughs> You're like, and who? It took, it, yeah, it took my brain a few seconds, and then somebody else was like, "Snape," and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> that was, I guess <laughs> I feel stupid, but is that that was his name in Harry Potter? Yeah, or Severus Snape, sir. Wow. Well, Kevin, yeah, so. Kevin Smith had a whole, he did a whole episode of Smodcast about Alan Rickman just talking about, 
you know, because he he worked close with him, I guess, in a few different movies, and just talking about yeah. how, how nice of a guy he was, and yeah, man, everything I'm seeing and everything I've ever seen about working with him has been uh, has been about how awesome of a dude he was, yeah, how kind he was to his fellow actors, and of course we lost Abe Vigoda. That's right. I didn't even believe that one. I'm still not sure if I believe it. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe it either. I mean, honestly, whenever I got that, I was like, "Holy shit!" I, he came back to life and then died again. Like, wow. <laughs> I know. I did have to do some like mental math where I was like, "Wait, is he? Was he already dead?" I thought, "Was he?" No. Yeah. That dude. Uh, God, how old was that dude? I think I don't know. Like in his mid nineties, probably. Christ. Yeah, that dude. That dude made it a while. He did, and I was shocked to read that this the whole death hoax. Like his, apparently there have been reports of him dying since like the early '80s, which is insane. I was about to say, yeah, like I feel like he, that we've been joking about him being dead for yeah, like twenty years. That's funny. And Ty, the hardest one of all for me. Yep, yep. Just happened the other day, and it was. Um, one of the whack packers from the Howard Stern show, Crackhead Bob. Oh yeah, I saw you. I saw you post something about that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about him. Um, who was he? What was he? Well, he he came on the Stern show just as a super fan, like back in the nineties, and he was a dude. He was like a super nice, sweet guy, but he couldn't talk, and he was half of his body was paralyzed from smoking so much crack. He went into a crack induced stroke. Jesus. <laughs> and, I mean, the stories about that are insane. He, uh, he like kind of came out of like having this, I don't know exactly how a stroke works, but I think he gained consciousness enough to like take another crack. Hit. Jesus. And then he had another stroke. <laughs> so he was severely like his body was severely, par- half of it was severely paralyzed and his speech and his thought process were, completely just like malfunctioned from that, but he was such a sweet guy and he would come on and they would get him to make phony phone calls and shit. Like one of the classic ones was him calling a Chinese food place Mm -hmm. and trying to order Chinese food. And he's just like, Tiki Tai name. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he's, uh, he's gone now. That was, that was a pretty hard one. Yeah. I feel like probably, yeah, I remember him. I remember him from like remember uh, when they televised like the Howard Stern show, show and they put it on E. Yeah. And then you stay up late and watch it, um, so you can hopefully see some boobies or something. Oh shit, man! I do. I remember that, and I've been like such a huge fan of his radio show that like I kind of forgot being that age and catching catching like one of his E shows late at night. Yeah, dude, you'd just like stay up a little bit later. It was it was for Saturday, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, Howard Stern's on!" And then you'd see if you could catch the porn star riding a Sibian or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those were magical times, dude. Those were good. I remember a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of dick measuring in Howard Stern, wasn't there? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's infatuated with his dick because he says it's so tiny. He says it's like a little button <laughs> surrounded by hair. <laughs> so he likes to ask He likes to ask dudes how big their dick is. I think he likes to – he wants to know about that from everybody. He really does. He's like it's an obsession. Yeah. 
That's like the utmost thing, most thing I remember about, about Howard Stern is how much they measure dicks. <laughs> oh shit. There, there is, there's like so much gay activity on that show whenever you watch, especially like they did the Howard TV videos and then they weren't censored by E any longer. So they could do some pretty crazy shit. That was like his on demand channel. Oh yeah. Going back into wrestling for a second, they used to have the iron cheek on. Have you've seen, you've seen him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him. Just a crazy belligerent old Iranian guy. Mm -hmm. And, um, they would dress up some of the staff members as wrestlers and then they would like cut promos talking about how, how the iron Sheik is a, is gay and he's, you know, he's a, <laughs> a douche and all these things. And mm. one of them, Sal, the stockbroker took a picture of iron Sheik and <laughs> cut out of uh, the part of his mouth and he stuck his penis <laughs> through the fucking <laughs> mouth. So it was a mm. picture of Sheik with a dick hanging out of his mouth. It was so funny. <laughs> yep. We say uh, farewell to all those uh, sweet princes there. Yeah, really, it's been rough. It's been rough. Um, I'm hoping we get some quiet activity going here for a while. I mean, yeah, dude, it's only February. It's insane. It is, man. I was just thinking, man, I feel like Gene Wilder's going to die soon. Oh, shit, yeah. I, he's he's not dead yet, huh? <laughs> exactly. He's so old. Yeah, no, he's not dead yet. Wow. You just brought up a name that just... It doesn't even seem like it's it's connected to a human being. Like he's just not even a thing now. He's just a memory. He's just history. He pretty much is, man. He hasn't done a movie since like like ninety two or something. Or I think he's shown up in a few things. But nah, dude. I've, I just like got off a kick of watching a bunch of his movies. So I was watching. I watched Willy Wonka and stuff, and his movies with Richard Pryor are fucking golden. Like Silver Streak and Hear No Evil, See No Evil. If you guys haven't watched those, check them out. They're hilarious. He was he was like one of the best, man. He was one of like the best comedic actors and he was such a such a smart, funny guy and mm -hmm. why did do we know why he just stopped acting? Yeah, actually he was married to uh Gilda Radner. So from from way back in the SNL days, like in the early eighties, late seventies, he was married to her. And she died of cancer, and I think he kind of lost his spark after that. Man, that's sad. So just kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a couple other. Uh, this is, like I said, it's going to be just all sad shit today. Yeah, might as well knock out. We're in the first segment. Yeah, well. Come if, back strong for number two. Hopefully we can fit it all in the first segment. We we might just be crying. Oh, do we do it? Are we going to overflow? <laughs> we might overflow. I don't know. We're gonna need to put a put a warning at the beginning of this one. It says it says uh, take your pills before you watch it, before you listen. The worst thing about it is I kind of stumbled onto a couple of of videos on YouTube, and it just became a web of different sad videos to check out. Yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, there are some videos that like. I feel like there's – and you've probably seen this promotion because I feel like YouTube has been just promoting the fuck out of this video, and I, I don't want to watch it. It's like the top ten worst um, um, parental punishments, and the thumbnail is a picture of a baby with a bunch of magic marker spots on his face. The fuck? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> So, I see with every video I watch, that's like one of the recommended videos, and it's just haunting looking at it. I'm just like, get off my YouTube. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's 
dark. It's, it's that in the fucking Lamborghini guy with every video, man. Mm-hmm. No, no, I haven't seen that one yet. But anyway, the first one I ran into, there was a, a video of like Michael Keaton talking for 15 minutes on working with Mr. Rogers and it kind of like telling like a short story in about 15 minutes, which it's a, it's a great watch. You should check that out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. But then that brought up a video of um, Mr. Rogers doing like a formal goodbye to everyone. Really? Is this like a formal goodbye as in like he knew he was dying or a formal goodbye like I'm done with my show? It was like he was done with his show. And okay. I, I don't know the year of it. It look, It's got like a kind of look where it was uh, recorded in like the 90s. But yeah, it was it was just sort of like I'm old now and I don't do TV anymore, but I still love you all and goodbye. No. Oh. So I'm, it's it's a minute 26. I'm going to play it for you, but... Yeah, dude, play <laughs> He's just like... Whenever I look at him and the way he talks, he's just like a sweet old grandma. Like, he reminds me of a grandma. <laughs> but uh, Dude, he's such a fucking good dude. He is, man. There's, And he's just so genuine, too. You can tell. It is. It is. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, here's here's the video. We'll We'll just play it through. You know, it happens so often. I walk down the street and someone 20 or 30 or 40 years old will come up to me and say, you are Mr. Rogers, aren't you? And then they tell me about growing up with the neighborhood and how they're passing on to the children they know what they found to be important in our television work. Like expressing their feelings through music and art and dance and sports and drama and computers and writing and and invariably we end our little time together with a hug. I'm just so proud of all of you who have grown up with us and I know how tough it is some days to look with hope and confidence on the months and years ahead. But I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger. I like you just the way you are. And what's more, I'm so grateful to you for helping the children in your life to know that you'll do everything you can to keep them safe and to help them express their feelings in ways that will bring healing in many different neighborhoods. It's such a good feeling to know that we're lifelong friends. Holy shit, yeah. That's killer, man. He's like the world's grandpa. Yeah, he's like the grandpa to the entire world. I watched, there There are also a couple other videos that went over like Mr. Rogers' facts too. And um, mm-hmm. apparently like he would respond to every fan. Like he was just like the perfect human being really. Yeah. He would respond to every shitty little kid's letter that they wrote to him. He would just mm-hmm. sit at his desk, and he, I'm sure he had thousands and thousands of letters. Yeah, really. And he would respond to every one of them, man. And <laughs> he was so friendly with everybody. Like, I, I, in the video, they were also saying that there was one case where it, um, <laughs> he went out to some dinner and they had the, like the driver had to sit out in the car or whatever. So on the way back, Mr. Rogers sat up in the front seat and he was just, cause he felt bad for the driver yeah. and they were driving through. And then they, uh, they passed, he said, Oh, we're passing my house. This is where I live. The driver said that. And Mr. Rogers was like, well, can we stop? And I can meet your family. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, such a good dude for sure. 
And yeah, and it makes, I feel like every single, I don't know, God, like almost every single adult, every single person on the planet almost, I guess not anymore. I wonder, I need to talk to some kids and see if they know who he is. Like today? Yeah, like I probably, they probably don't. But I feel like anybody over, I don't know what, 20, they have to like know that dude. That's a good point, man. If kids today still know them, I mean, I th- I feel like we're getting to that age where we're just like getting stuck in in a time that's kind of not around anymore. We don't even realize it. We are, man. We are. I mean, I mean, even like we've talked about this before. I still almost think of the '80s as like ten years ago. You know. Yeah. I still have to think like, like holy shit, nineteen, you know, ninety five is now twenty years ago. Yeah, man. When I still when I see like you know that something happened in '98, I'm like, that's oh, okay. So that was that was just a handful of years ago. But it is. It's getting yeah. like fucking twenty years. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Or like, like I've told you before. Like I, see, you know, hang out with kids every day who were born in 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009. Well, um, let's let's jump through this one other sad video that because I, I ran into this after I started watching that. Um, um, Mr. Rogers video, but you're familiar with the cartoon show from the eighties, David, the gnome, right? Uh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you about to do to me? <laughs> with, Tom, with Tom Bosley. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever caught the last episode of that show? Yeah. Fuck. That is the Jesus. saddest thing I've ever seen in my life, dude. It's the most brutal thing that's ever been like done to children. It's, it's awful. <laughs> Holy it's great. Like it makes me miss that time when, when they uh, gave gave kids more credit when they were like, "Yeah, they can deal with this shit, and this is life." There you go. And it's obvious that they probably like the the production company just wasn't getting the ratings that it was hoping for because I think it went out like after the thirteenth episode or something or something like that. Yeah, it didn't get too far. But it was. Like the show's just ending, and then okay, well, let's just make it that the gnomes just die and they're just dead now. Christ! <laughs> but I was watching that, and I it, it it brought me to tears because the whole fucking episode, like you can tell that in the seasons or the one season before, they were building all of these characters. Mm-hmm. And the last episode, for anyone that hasn't checked it out, it's called "The Mountains of Beyond," and it was. Um, Basically, just that the gnomes, they reach 400 years old, and then whenever they get that age, they just have to disappear and die, basically. So it's just, away, yeah. <laughs> it's just them saying goodbye to everybody that we've grown to know in the series. Yeah. Jack, Christ. That's nuts. It's kind of cool, though. Like, at least you could tell the writers were like, well, let's shut it down. And, like, we've built up these characters. Let's send them out, you know? Oh, they shut it down, man. They shut it down hard. They did. And yeah, the, it was crazy ass ending. <laughs> the shitty thing that I thought too was like most of the main characters were like adorable animals and they were just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. saying goodbye to them and just setting them into the wild basically. <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had like, because they're, they're little tiny gnomes, so they had a uh, a pet cricket and like pet mice that were as big as a big dog really. Mm-hmm. And they they were just like kissing him goodbye and sending him out the door. And then they were blowing the candles out of their house and his wife is crying and they shut the door for the last time, knowing they're never going to see their home again. Good gravy. Yeah. And then they ride this, uh, 
big like fox around everywhere. He's he's like a giant kind of dog type pet to them. Mm-hmm. And then they they get to the mountain where they have to disappear, and then they tell the dog bye, and he doesn't want to leave them, and they're just like, "You have to leave now." And every everyone's crying. <laughs> yeah, man, it's <laughs> fucked up. I wonder like what a child watching that was thinking. Or if their parents were watching it too and they were like, what the fuck is happening right now? I don't know, man. I mean, for do you have any memories of like a show? I mean, a show that just kind of broke your heart, like an episode in particular. I have one that I know of. Mm, an episode of something that broke my heart? Where you're just like, man, shit is getting real whenever you were a kid. Yeah. I don't know if I have an episode come to mind, but a movie comes to mind, which is The Land Before Time. That was just too much. I'm dying and stuff. Too much. <laughs> I remember, yeah, being inconsolable. Just and that's yeah. That was way too much. I don't know any episode though. Do you have one? Yeah, well, mine is like a lot more mild than David the Gnome, and it didn't mm-hmm. have Tom Bosley. And just hearing Tom Bosley's voice can make me cry, honestly. Yeah, but. It was uh, the the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Whenever uh, Artie decided that he didn't want to be a superhero anymore, yeah, he was just like, yeah, oh god, that did suck. And he he went off. He moved away. Became like an aluminum siding salesman. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, this transcends yeah. the show. This is like time like stops and shitty. Really did. It was like saying goodbye to a to a true friend. What was that like? Second season. It was like the middle of second season, too. It wasn't even... Yeah, I think so. It was a two-part episode. I know they made a huge deal out of it. Yeah, it was like Farewell, Young Viking, or something like that. Farewell, My Little Viking. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one. Um, Did you ever watch uh, The Wonder Years? Yeah, I caught a couple episodes. I I didn't really watch it religiously, though. Okay, well, I don't know if you remember... uh, Kevin's older brother, who was like the douchebag, he was like a complete douche, and he had like a mullet, just like a scuzzy, like a, I don't know, he'd be like the older brother that would give you noogies, noogies and, you know, yeah. make fun of you, call you out, being a girl while she was standing right there. Oh, yeah. He was like that guy. But there's an episode where um, he comes back from Vietnam, and... When he comes back from Viet, and and of course he's just like not serious character, like the entire show, pretty much. Like he's just a just a jerk, scumbucket. Um, but he goes off to Vietnam, and when he comes back, he's like different and changed, and he's all quiet and and uh, he's not like the same person anymore. And Kevin, one night they he disappears. And he, it's like the day he came back or something, and he was wearing his uniform. And one night he disappears, so Kevin goes look, goes to look for him, and they try to find him. And he finds him in the playground, like the neighborhood playground, and he's sitting on a swing. And he'd taken his stripped off like to wear, and he took his uniform off and like folded it, folded it perfectly, and put it like on a bench right next to him. And he's just sitting there like looking into the ground. And I was like, "Fuck, Wonder Years, Jesus." And he gets like a, he has like a pile, like a Gomer pile moment where he's like, I am in a world of shit. <laughs> he does. And then he shoots himself. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Go easy, Leonard. Easy, man. <laughs> oh man. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it there is. The- oh, I was just going to say it, it. It's kind of, it is kind of cool that they, that they kind of build 
shows like that for kids to watch and kind of get a taste of it before shit like that really starts happening to them. Yeah, they did. There was the uh, episode of Fresh Prince where... Um, the one where he got in a fight and his mom got scared? <laughs> Dude, I was singing that with a, like a seven-year-old kid the other day. I Six. guess his parents made him made him watch it or something, and he's into it now. Oh, that's but cool. But he knew every single word, so he sang it. It was tight. But there's the episode of that where like his dad... Um, who had like ditched him kind of comes back and he hangs out from with him for a while. And he thinks he's going to, he's going to be best buds with his dad and they're going to have a relationship again. And at the end, his dad just ditches. Oh. And then it's, and then it's all will with, with, uh, uncle Phil fucking TV shows, dude. They'll get you. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, guys, uh, check out, check out those episodes. Also check out, uh, the last episode, Dave of the gnome. If you feel like crying, yeah, for sure. Watch the whole series, man. It's good. Oh yeah, man. It's uh it's it's got that type of animation style that just makes you feel like a little kid. It's from the eighties and mm-hmm. Tom Bosley's voice. It's just like being wrapped up in a warm blanket, really. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Ty. Well, I think we tackled most of the sad shit. We might be able to take it to a a, a more light lighthearted note here, but let's kind of recoup and we can uh get our shit together, take a quick break and yeah, really. Goodness. Change pace here. So, all right, we'll be back after this quick break on CSP. Good evening, and welcome to Night Gallery. A potpourri of paintings slightly tilted and left of center. Don't be frightened. A collection of oils and still lifes that share one thing in common. You won't find them in the average salon or exhibition hall or art museum. Get out of here! We deal in paint. Light and shadow, realism, surrealism, impressionism, and ghost stories. It enters your system like a chill, and then it grows like a cancer. These are not your ordinary canvases. You don't find Monet in a mausoleum or a Van Gogh in a graveyard. Is it his stare that gives me the chills, or is it really cool in here? Not quite real, the almost real, and the frankly and flagrantly unreal. It's just some kind of trick. That's what we deal with here, the bizarre. The name of this place is the Night Gallery. Every morning when I wake up, I wash my hands. Then I have some food, and then I wash my hands. Then I take a shower, wash my hands, and then wash my hands. And then Mommy tells me my hands are clean. And then I wash and wash and wash my hands. Then I touch a football, and I wash and wash and wash and wash. And I watch my sister washing her hands, and I get an idea to wash my hands. And I wash and wash and wash, but I never get clean. The shame never seems to scrub off. Okay, Ty, we're back from the from the break there on CSP. That's right. Segment one was kind of rough. It was a little rough, buddy. Yeah, but uh, I'm drying. Yeah, I'm feeling okay now. I'm actually drying my eyes right now. Still, I had a little a little breakdown during that uh, that break, but <laughs> feeling better. That's right. I actually don't have Rodrigo here to console me and you know go get me a beverage or anything that I'm feeling down. He's, he's out of the studio today. Oh, he's not in there today. Nope. He's, uh, and quite frankly, I don't know where he is. I haven't heard from him in days. 
And I really, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I hope he's okay, kind of, but I don't really care if he comes back or anything. He, he took a road trip to Punxsutawney to watch the, the groundhog getting pulled out for Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, figure him for a groundhog fan. I know. I don't. I wouldn't figure anybody for a groundhog fan. That's. It made me so enraged whenever he was telling me about that that he's actually going to go be a spectator. That's true. Who the fuck does that? Who cares? I, dude, Groundhog Day is like the worst quasi meta fucking holiday. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? Is that a thing? Like, is that based on a real thing that groundhogs are supposed to do? It, well, it's it's almost just like they they kind of created like an an Easter Bunny type, you know, character. But they 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 do have a whole story. They try to tell you that it's been the same groundhog for 130 years. Duh. That the, the groundhog's name is Punxsutawney Phil. Mm-hmm. And they pull him out, you know, and if he sees a shadow, you get more winter, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know exactly how that goes, but, but I feel like it's, I don't know. It like, it seems like it's such a big deal, but it seems like they're just, it's just such a big deal for the sake of continuing to make it such a big deal. Like there's nothing underneath it, nothing behind it. Yeah, man, definitely. They're, they're just pulling this big fat, you know, <laughs> Yeah, rat out of the ground basically, and what another thing too that like I said they try to tell you that it's it's the same groundhog, mm-hmm. and they do this ceremony where they have him like that this poor groundhog they just pull him out of his home and everybody's staring at him and then they make him drink this uh, out of like a little bowl, and they say that that's groundhog punch and that's sort of what gives him his longevity in life why he can like live longer because they make him drink groundhog punch and they say that that adds. Uh-huh. That adds seven years to his life every time he drinks it. Jesus, we don't need that back. We don't need this story. <laughs> as if, like, as if we really care that it's the, a different groundhog this year. So stupid. Just let it go. <laughs> they they do have a whole backstory to it, man. It's a big deal, but that, it's funny. it's one of the most ridiculous holidays. I hate it. I hate any. Uh, I hate it. Another thing I hate is like during Thanksgiving when the president has to pardon a turkey. I hate that shit. It's so stupid. Man, I don't even know if I'm if I'm familiar with that ceremony. Yeah, dude. Every friggin' Thanksgiving, the president officially pardons a turkey. It's fucked up. Like a turkey is sentenced to die to be eaten for Thanksgiving. And the president, like, officially pardons a turkey, basically saying, Mr. Turkey, you uh, are pardoned and you are – and we were, are not going to execute you and eat you on Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's every every single Thanksgiving, dude. Check it out. I'm going to have to check that out. I never even – I never yep. even knew about that. Yeah, that's – I love I love this country, like, but there are some things that are just so stupid about it. Like, continuing those stupid traditions, it's like we're not yeah. – we're not dumb. Like we're not as dumb as we once were. We don't have to continue these same retarded, superstitious, you know, holidays. No, dude. No, dude. If I were president, that'd be my first like thing. I'd be like that presidential pardon shit. We're not doing it. <laughs> that would that would be in my State of the Union address. I'd just say, listen, no more fun and games. <laughs> we're not having fun anymore. We're getting down to business. I'm not going to be communicating with a turkey. 
No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I gotta waste my time on Thanksgiving to come out and have to hold a press conference to pardon Turkey. No, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, and he does. It's a whole like to do. He walks out like of the of the White House, walks down a path towards a podium. There's there's uh, news. There's reporters and shit. And there's cameras and. He like gives an official speech of like I hereby pardon this turkey. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, we need to get our shit together with that. You know, that's Yeah, we really do. That's kinda that's that's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> my my second course of action here as president, mm-hmm. no more groundhog day. Fuck that. We're not doing that anymore. It's no, stupid. We're done with it. We're not gonna we're not gonna pretend like this groundhog is gonna tell us when when winter's over. Winter's gonna end when it stops being cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new age. This is an age of science and reasoning. I'm not gonna do this garbage anymore. Man. Did uh, did the groundhog see a shadow? Do we know the answer? I never even know. I don't know. Like I said, I text Rodrigo, but I it's that was days ago. I haven't heard anything from him. I um I doesn't doesn't it kind of have like the same outcome every year. I don't even know. I, I got to run a quick search because now I'm curious. I think it, it doesn't even mean anything. Like, I don't think anybody like I don't know. Nobody trusts in this information. Like they're like, oh, Groundhog says there's a Groundhog.org. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> And the first thing it says, Ty, this is a this is a CSP exclusive here. We're gonna just take this and run with it. No right. shadow for Phil. No shadow for Phil. Uh oh. What does that mean? <laughs> this it means that this giant angry beaver predicts that we're gonna have an early spring this year. Alright. I think uh, I guess that cuts winter. I think by six weeks or something like that. I don't know. I wish that they would pull this uh, groundhog out of the hole and he would just bite the guy and then he would go on a rampage and just attack everyone. That'd be tight, dude. I'm pretty sure he bit one of them once. I feel like there might be a video of it too. I feel oh. like maybe like not too long ago. Oh, that would pretty be sure s- he bit he bit somebody. That would be so cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So. I don't know if Rodrigo's broken down, but either way, he's uh he went there and now he's not back yet, so who knows? Yeah, but he's probably drunk on groundhog juice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> this poor little creature, like now that drink this punch, <laughs> and we're all gonna look at you, and I'm gonna hold you, and ugh. And he was in a hole, and then all of a sudden he comes out, and there's so many people and cameras, it's got to be terrifying. Yeah, that probably is awful, huh? I can't uh, imagine. What uh, what you been up to lately? You watching anything? Watching any shows? Yeah, I've been watching. Um, we can we can jump into a couple of the movies I've been watching here in a second, but I want to talk about um, this new show that Louis C.K. is doing. You heard about this? Um, I feel like I heard some about it, but no, I don't know much about it. What is it? Well, it's called Horace and Pete, and it's pretty cool the way he did it. Like, I'm I'm on his mailing list, so I'll get emails from time to time. Mm-hmm. But they're really cool emails. They're not, like, super big ads. They're all, like, written by him, and he's like, hey, check out this thing I did for this show, and, you know, pay me $2, and this is a thing now, and... Yeah, you know, like so, but it's 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 kind of cool. But anyway, 
the way he released it, like no one knew about it. And then all of a sudden he's just like, I got this new show. Check it out. Doesn't tell you anything about it. And it's just ready mm. to be watched. Really? What is it? Is it on a network or something or just on his like download? Just through louisck.net. I think you, the first episode he charged $5 for and there was a huge backlash. So now he's like, mm. okay, the next episode will be $2. And then every episode after that will be $3. Okay. But <clears throat> it's sort of a dark comedy and it takes place in a bar. Mm-hmm. The cast is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him and Steve Buscemi and they're Horace and Pete. They're like um, third generation Horace and Pete because apparently this bar has been open since the early 1900s and um, whatever. There's a, there's like a huge family history that um, if, if you're named Horace or Pete, you have to run the bar together. It's like a whole thing. It's part of the story, but they're, they've, the original Horace died, so now Louie is Horace, and they're mm-hmm. taking over this bar, but they really don't care about it. They want to just kind of close it down. And then Alan Alda is their uncle, and he's he wants to keep the bar going. And then Jessica Lang's in it, and Edie Falco plays Louie's sister. Jesus Christ. And get, mean- Dude, and get this. There is a um, – the theme song was written and performed by Paul Simon. Good Christ. How did he do this? <laughs> Jesus, it's that's nice. It's a it's a beautifully <laughs> shot show, and you know it, some of his comedian friends like Nick DiPaolo and everyone like they're they come in it too. But yeah, yeah, I think I heard Marin talking about it actually, and he mentioned something about it like really artfully shot somehow, whatever that means, and that it was also yeah pretty dark. It's uh, yeah, they're like uh, the episodes are an hour long, and apparently they're they're still like they're gonna do one every Saturday, and it's just gonna be out. But mm. I, if I were to be like really nitpicky, because like I said, it's beautifully shot. It's like a really cool, dramatic kind of story. But and this is gonna sound ridiculous, but it's just like so Louis C.K. ish, <laughs> if mm-hmm. that's a thing, you know, like. I know that he likes to direct and produce and write and, you know, shoot it and do everything himself. Mm-hmm. But it seems like whenever that happens, like whenever, every time a character talks, it just feels like it's Louie talking to Louie and figuring <laughs> things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. He's doing like the – I've seen that a little bit with like Woody Allen and with uh, – and with uh, – God damn it, what's his name? Seinfeld, dude, Larry David. Yeah. I've seen that a little bit with them. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess it's cool that they have a style, but it, it does kind of take you away from some of the performances because you're just like, oh, okay, that's something that Louie wrote. You know, mm. because he'll, like, Louie will be on there and he's talking to Steve Buscemi and he's just like, um, hey, you closed last night. Like, what is this pile of towels, like, on the thing with the stuff for the, you know, for the, I'm a guy and I'm opening a bar, you know, like, that's mm-hmm. what he's, and then Steve Buscemi's like, you know, I I don't, I just did it. I just put the pile of towels there. And, and then Louis's like, well, is it something that you did on purpose? Like, I'm not mad, but I just want to know, like, why you did this act. Like, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And it just goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out then. Yeah, I didn't even really know about that. That's pretty cool that he would make that and just drop it. Yeah, man. Very very good show. Very uh, entertaining. 
Yeah, and that's cool that he's doing it the way he's doing it, which is like just release on his website and you pay for it directly there. And that's really cool. Yeah, there's a pretty cool article on. Uh, I, I I think it's like the same one that he emailed out, but it's on like every website. But I saw it on AV Club, and he talks about um the online release al- allows also allows viewers to watch the show without expectations. Something mm-hmm. something Louis said was part of the point. As a TV watcher, I'm always delighted when I can see a thing without knowing anything about it because of the That's promotion. Cool. Yeah. And he wrote, so making this show and just posting it out of the blue gave me a rare opportunity to give you that experience of discovery. All right. That's cool. Good for him, man. But yes, Horace and Pete. All right. I'll check it out. I've been watching, finally, finally started watching um, Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. How are you liking it, man? I love it, man. It's fucking good. It's so good. Have you watched it? Yeah, yeah. Um, We ran through, I think there's three seasons. Yeah, three seasons so far. Yeah, we ran through those. And I think we touched on it briefly on another episode, but I was really turned off, you know, by just looking at it for a while that I didn't want to touch it. Yeah, we did talk about that, yeah. But no, man, it's a it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, what I like about it is like the main character. I don't really even give a shit about her or her story. <laughs> Any like beginning of season two, I was like, all right, I don't care about you anymore. But it does such a good job of uh, hashing out, you know, side characters, getting you really interested in them. Yeah, I love it. It's really good. How many episodes are you in right now? I'm in season three. I'm like in on episode five or so of season three, so I'm almost done. But they just renewed it, I think, for another three seasons. I don't know, you know, how that'll go, but yeah, very, yeah. very solid show, man. It kind of it does it does that thing where it hooks you in, and then you can't wait to watch the next one. Yeah, for sure. It's been a while since uh, I've watched a show where I just burned through it. You know, finish an episode and you want to keep going. I think the last one I did that was Better Call Saul. It's got the 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 two most important things that a show needs to have is uh, great character development and a cool theme song. Yeah, yeah, the theme song is cool. Yeah, and all the characters are really awesome. It's, it's one thing I'm loving about TV these days is there's not so much like black and white, like bad guy, good guy. Everyone's like kind of shitty, but everyone's kind of cool too. Yeah, they're redeeming qualities, and there's reasons for them being the way they are. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like Breaking Bad in that way, where you start rooting for the bad guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that's that's definitely that's one of my recommendations. Also, that's a that's a really cool show to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you see X X Files started up again? So I'm all over that shit. I, see, I heard something about that coming back, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't really know the the full details about it. What what um, network is it on? Yeah, it's back on Fox, man. Um, they just renewed it for just one season. I'm sure if it's successful, they'll keep it going. But just bringing it back for one season. Um, and you're you're so. into it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's really. It picks up, of course, like you know the ten years or twelve years or whoever after. You know, the season, the old season ended or the old show ended. Um, Yeah, it's like old times, man. Picked up right where they left off. And they even kept like the old shitty synthy uh, intro. 
Do, 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 do. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. There, man, there have been, we've been bouncing around to find a new show now. We, we watched Fargo also, which was, it was better than I expected. Yeah, that's what I heard. I've been kind of thinking about watching that one. So I might have to check it out. The whole, the whole like deal with that, once you kind of catch on to it, is, it's it it takes a lot of different turns and it sort of even starts involving a new cast but it's basically like all sort of the 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 type of plot for Fargo it's just a bunch mm-hmm. of people getting in really fucked up situations and trying to lie their way out of it yeah yeah that's cool yeah that's what i heard that uh season 2 is actually better and that there's like a huge change of cast or stuff, something I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they kind of like took a almost like an American Horror Story thing where almost every season will just be different. Yeah. Which is cool. That's awesome. And yeah, it's cool. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of plots where shit just gets fucked up and everything, I've been I haven't been watching any new movies, which I do have some of the some of the Oscar picks, I guess. Um, I have those like sitting on my computer that I haven't got to because I have been on such a Dario Argento kick. Oh, really? Nice. Dude, I've been going through like his entire catalog. Yeah, dude, I think I've only probably seen a couple of his movies, to be honest, which is kind of a shame. Well, from sort of what I've gathered from the movies and I've gone through, I mean, this has just been in the last couple weeks. Let me see if I can pull out the whole list here. Mm -hmm. Definitely Suspiria. Yeah, I've seen Suspiria. Tenebrae. I think I've seen Tenebrae, yeah. Opera, Inferno, Deep Red, and then his Animal Trilogy, which is uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Four Flies in Grey Velvet, and The Cat of Nine Tails. Really? So, and the one thing that I've sort of come to the conclusion of is every movie, there's there's the main character is either a musician, a writer, or a dancer of some type. And <laughs> seem to usually be female, right? Like ladies. Most of them are ladies, but there are a yeah. couple of guys. Okay. And there, the story all starts out where like this, the person, the uh, protagonist is always, they're always innocent and they just wind up in some kind of thing where like this writer just moved to Rome or this jazz pianist moved to Rome or it's always somebody mm-hmm. like moving to Rome. And then yeah. shit gets crazy sort of like in an Alfred Hitchcock type of type of setting. But every movie is very similar with uh, the Argento movies. It's more like he doesn't really care about the story. He just wants to shoot beautiful shots Mm-hmm. Which is it's cool, man. It's cool to like sit back and just watch somebody like make these really artistic cinematography type shots. Yeah, he's, he's kind of crazy. Like came out of uh, Italy around the same time. A bunch of Italian directors who like were art kids, but also made some uh, horror movies, and some of them like really disgusting and gory. Like uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Is that the one where the lady gets the splinter, like the wood slice into her eye? Yes, yes. Where like there's a zombie on the other side of the door, and he busts through the door. His arms bust through the door, and he grabs on like the back of their head and pulls her into the door. And there's just this jagged splinter that goes right into her eye. <laughs> That's it. It's like man. seared into my brain. I saw that when I was like twelve. 
Never forgot it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's... I've been, like, kind of, like, checking out some of his movies, too. He he did some really good ones. Mm-hmm. But all of those kind of Italian... I think that's... Uh, the genre is, like, giallo or something. Giallo or some kind of... I don't know. But it's basically, okay. like, uh, based on... It's, like, Italian Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I know Argento did a cut of... Uh, of Dawn of the Dead. That was pretty good. Like basically re-edited Dawn of the Dead and made it into his own, like his own kind of thing. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's had, if, if you're into horror movies at all, anybody listening, he's had his hand in so many different productions, Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think he's still doing stuff. I feel like he just came out with something. Yeah. He, I think his last movie was like 2008. Oh really? Yeah. And he does, um, he does like these trilogies, like that animal trilogy I was telling you about. And then he did one that was called, um, it was a the Mother trilogy, and it dated all the way back to Inferno, like from the seventies. And then he made uh, a new movie in two thousand eight that was the ending of that trilogy. Cool, cool, yeah. I just watched. Uh, I don't know. I've seen a few movies. Saw the Revenant, the Leo, Leonardo. Did you see that yet? I yeah, I watched parts of it. I got to give it another watch though because I wasn't really giving it my full attention. Kind of had some mm. other shit going on, and I just put it on to kind of get a taste of it. But yeah, yeah, I really dug it, man. I thought it was really good. Um, I was kind of a, uh, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Two hours and two and a half hours or whatever. I thought it was super good. Wow. Yeah, I got to check it out again because I've I have heard good things, and it's probably gonna win Best Picture. I would imagine. I think so, man. Yeah, and I think Leo is going to win it too. I'm not sure though that he deserves it necessarily for it. Like, really? he's good, and he's he's probably the best this year. But it's not his best performance, and not because he was bad, but because it's just like a one track performance. It's just him like getting the shit beat out of him by nature, really, being like super cold and angry and determined. Like that's pretty much what he is. Which is, he's awesome at it. He's fantastic. But it's not, like, as well-rounded a performance or something as, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. Well, we both know his best performance. I mean, we can agree, we can agree on that. Do we? Are we talking about Titanic? <laughs> no. Okay, what are we talking about? Come on, dude. We're, we're talking about his best performance. I mean, obviously, that's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, he's fucking... Great in what's eating Gilbert Grape, man. He is. He really is. It's incredible. That's like some of the best acting I've ever seen. He was like what, like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, it's, I gotta go back and watch that movie now. Just that was such a good movie. Yeah, it's good. I made my mom watch it, and she loved it. And it's yeah, it's like a, it's honestly, it's one of the best American films of all time. I think it's just super Americana. It's really good. Match in the gas tank. Boom, boom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. And then Leonardo goes crazy over that. Like, that's his deal. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, before we jump into the break here, because we're running to the end of the second segment, but do you have any, any opinions on this whole Oscar fiasco that's going on? Um, I mean, what's, what's your take on it, dude? Uh... That's tough, man. Like, like, uh, okay. So I don't think, I don't think like, uh, there has been really, cause we're, 
we're, we're we're just talking about like like black folks not getting represented enough in film, essentially, and especially in award ceremonies and stuff. Um, but I don't think the material is there to really warrant it. Like the like uh, straight out of Compton. I don't know if you saw it. It was really good. Oh yeah. I don't know if it was best picture. I don't think so. I don't know if it was like even not like worthy of being nominated. But I haven't seen a ton of the movies this year. It was pretty good, and I feel like they maybe should have got a nod or something here or there for at least, like, screenplay or something. Um, and, like, what, last year or the year before, there was uh, the Martin Luther King movie, Sama, that Sama. was really good and should have gotten some kind of nod, and I don't think it did. That, But um, it, it wasn't a running for Best Picture, right? I don't think so, man. Really? I don't think it was even nominated. I think it was... I'll have to double check. Um, but yeah, the only thing it won was like best original song or something. But I don't know. That said, like I don't, I don't know if there's... The material is there. Like, I don't know. What, I think what it comes down to is Hollywood itself not really like presenting the... Um, the opportunities for black people, I guess, to, or not, I don't know. Yeah. Not really presenting the opportunities. I don't know if I, I wouldn't, I don't feel like I can blame the award ceremonies themselves, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, about it either. Really. I mean, I just feel bad that it's just become a, a huge thing. And I mean, and I'm trying to think of some other ones too. I don't want to just be like, Oh yeah. And then this, this was a movie that had black people in it and it became mm -hmm. like, cause it's, it's not even a thing like that. I feel like it's it's a bunch of old guys that are so full of their own shit. And I don't even feel like it's a black thing. I think that they're just – they feel like they're looking for a certain something and they're just stuck in their own ways and they don't even realize race. It's just like, no, we usually don't nominate this kind of movie. I think that's what it is, man. I mean, honestly, like – and I feel like I should tell everybody I am a, a man of color. So, um, but most black like centric movies are always are usually generally like comedies or they're just like I don't know like like popcorn entertainment type movies. They're not I don't know. There's, it's rare that I see like a black centric movie that I'm like wow that was like you know that impacts me in any way. What was the last one like? Selma was. Straight out of Compton was good. Uh, Twelve years, 12 of, years slave. of slave, which did win awards. Um, so, but definitely, but definitely, I, ride along isn't going to be getting a nod or anything like no, that. No, know? and like I'll probably never see ride along. I don't know, maybe I will, but I doubt it. Um, yeah, so part of me is saying like feels like come on, like black folks, let's let's start making like really good stuff, you know, and start going for more um, than just the popcorn entertainment. But then a part of me, I mean, it's got to be, it's true. The Hollywood just doesn't really, I don't know. It's, just, it's not the a primary audience, I don't think. And I mean, from, from me, just like, I'm, I don't really know that much about it and I'm, I'm just a white guy, so I don't really think too much about it, but I really wish that I, I want to be in a world where like the, the whole like issue of race just kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Where people yeah, can like, people can be mad for their type of movie not getting nominated, but it doesn't have to turn into like you know, 
well, we black people need to make better movies or we white people need to start doing things like this. It, it mm-hmm. already, you know, it's just, I, I wish it would all just go away. <laughs> I'm not the only one I'm sure, but no, no, not at all, man. I mean, that's like my ideal world is one where we don't even like see, you know, race or acknowledge it or gender, you know, sexual orientation or whatever. It's just not an issue and non-issues. I, but think, I don't know. No, we're not there yet. I don't think. I think the the worst victim of this is Chris Rock. I feel bad for him because he like took the job and now everybody's pressuring him to like, are you really gonna go through with hosting? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's. I don't think the the fault lies with awards. You know, the awards people. I mean, this year I would have maybe put straight out of Compton up for some stuff, but not, not even best picture. I don't think it was just a really good movie, but I guess, I guess you're right. I mean, really the, this whole year has been pretty weak as far as movies go besides like the Revenant, you know, but yeah, it has been, there hasn't really been much this year at all. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, w- this Oscar season in general was just kind of a, a shitty year to, to start any type of controversy because there really wasn't anything that great. No. No, there wasn't. But, so, but so yeah. yeah. Well, there, there we go, man. Um, yeah. Did you see uh, Hateful Eight yet? Oh yes, I did. I did. I yeah, loved it. What did you think about that one? It was, uh, it was great. I, I read a lot of uh, negative comments about it online. Um, I, mm-hmm. I was pretty sure I was going to like it anyway because I just love Quentin Tarantino's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was into it, man. I was I was as sucked into it as I was whenever I went and saw Django and as mm-hmm. I was whenever I saw Inglorious Bastards. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Um I don't think it's his best, but um yeah, I super I loved it. Thought it was great. And of course he like knocked uh, the dialogue out of the park as he does. I don't know how that dude does it, man. But he can make people sitting around talking the most edgier seat like entertaining shit i feel like i don't know man one of my favorite movies is like one of his most hated ones and it's not like his best by any means but i really liked that grindhouse movie they did death proof with kurt russell yeah yeah dude i did too i just watched that again for the first time in a while this past halloween that is such a badass movie and it gets so much shit online people fucking hate it but it was awesome yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's kind of a shame the whole grindhouse thing didn't work out. Yeah, and the, the yeah Planet Terror that was I mean that was okay, but mm-hmm. um, you're right though. He, he just the dialogue that he writes is just he can sit in one. You can just the the whole set can be in one room and mm-hmm. it can still keep you completely entertained and on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah, he's killer, man. I wanted to go see it because I it was playing at one theater here in St. Louis as Planet Ronnie's. And oh yeah, yeah. They were doing like a road show where they would give you um a they would do a whole intermission and they would give you like a playbill type thing. Tight. Very good. I don't even know if that's in the running, but it, it should be. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it is. I'm not even sure what it is, but well, I don't know. What's uh? We can figure it out during the break or something. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But movies, man, movie movie chat. Movie chat. Oh, and of course, I know you, I'm sure you didn't see it, but uh, Star Wars. That's So that's out already, right? <laughs> is it yes, really? It is. Wow. Yeah, it came out in December, and it was killer. It was fantastic. 
Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I, I heard about all the hype, and I understand, mm-hmm. you know, but I've, I've just never been into it. Yeah, yeah that's it, all right. It was good, though, huh? Yeah, it was really good, man. It was just a pure popcorn movie. I think a lot of people kind of uh, hate it on a bit for being a bit too popcorny, but it's fucking Star Wars, dude. It's not like a, I don't know. It's not like an art film. So how about, I mean, J.J. Abrams has been doing good, you know? he's Yeah, he killed it, man. He killed it. It felt like watching, you know, the old ones for the first time again. I got chills about a million times. Got tears in my eyes a few times. Just like seeing old characters and shit and bringing back stuff. It was awesome. Wow, that's that's so cool. I know people are really passionate about it. He takes a lot of high-pressure jobs with people that, like overly care about the product he does man um yeah dude he's like my god he's like my favorite director these days he's so good have you seen the trailer for i forgot what it's called but it's um yeah fuck what's his name he's in a bunch of kevin smith movies the big dude the big dude big lebowski he's on big lebowski god damn it oh john goodman john goodman yeah it's him and a couple of people it's a J.J. Abrams, like, uh, produced, I guess, and they're, and all you know is something's happened in the world, and they're in this bunker, like, and they can't go outside. Oh, and shit. And they're just sitting there, like, that. trying to kind of live regular lives while they're, but it's obvious that, like, there's a lot of tension kind of keeping them trapped in there, but also you can tell that some shit went down out in the world. Dude, I did see that. Yeah, looks it looks cool. Oh, it's called Cloverfield Lane, 8 Cloverfield Lane or something like that. Because it's like kind of a, a, a supposedly like kind of a sequel or a cousin to Cloverfield. Yeah, definitely. Definitely have to check that out, man. All right. Well, let's jump into a quick break and we can come back and uh, we'll, we'll wrap this baby up. All right. Let's do it. All right, man. On CSP. Face it. We're a nation of feel-gooders and have-funners. We'll pursue happiness just about any way we can. And that's cool with us. You know, whatever makes you feel good. So drink up, friends. We're here for you. After all, that's why we put the fruit in Fruitopia. To make you feel good. So, keep doing what it is that you do, and we'll keep doing what we do. Fruitopia. We just want to make you feel good. Is sex without love a sin? See what happened in a small town in the South when girls made indecent proposals and corrupted the whole police force. It's the revealing, shocking movie of immoral small-town girls who made them cry uncle in Dirty O'Neill, the Sensuous Cop. It could only happen to small-town girls with dirty minds who had a talent for loving and a police car for a bedroom. That's Dirty O'Neill, the Sensuous Cop. It's breaking all records all over the country. Rated R. All right, Ty, we're back on CSP. And, uh, yeah... For anyone that's listening, uh, we encourage you to check us out on uh, Twitter, at Ty and Rocky K. That's right. And on Facebook, at Facebook.com backslash Complete Sentences Podcast. That's, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where we're yeah. there 24-7. We're sort of omnipresent online. Nice, yeah. I just recently kind of got into Twitter again. I, I saw you. I saw you popping up, man. Yeah, I released a flurry of Twitters, and then I'll probably disappear again. Twitter's fun. I like to get on, and that's that's a big source of my information, really. So, yeah, it's chill. But uh, I wanted to to before we wrap this show up, I'm like so hooked on this new genre of music, 
Mm-hmm. And I want to know if you've heard about it because I know that you know we, we've talked. We talk about Tim Heidecker and his Tim and Eric stuff, and yeah, we could go on and on also about his uh, YouTube series on cinema at the cinema. <laughs> at, at I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever watch that? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. He's got like seven seasons, and it's him and Greg Turkington, who is um, he's the guy that does the Neil Hamburger bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, it's just like a ridiculous movie review where they just get everybody's name wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> you say he's got seven seasons? It's about seven seasons. Yeah, and they're just like short clips, but it's it's like Tim and Eric. It's insanely cheesy and. Right now, he's doing um, Lucky Season Seven. It's got like a like a lottery casino theme to it. <laughs> and with every every move or every movie, they they rate it five bags of popcorn and like five cups of soda. <laughs> <laughs> Is this on YouTube? Yeah, man, it's on YouTube on Cinema at the Cinema. Uh, on Cinema at the Cinema. <laughs> and they do a they do a special every for every Oscar. They do like a two hour long special Mm -hmm. and um, the second year, the second annual, I think it was the last five minutes of that are Mm -hmm. like, it's like the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Really? That's tight. They have, um, they have this old guy who is claiming to be James Dean (laughs) (laughs) and like he wrote this shitty book about how he's not really dead Mm -hmm. and Tim just like goes off on him and starts screaming in the old man's face. <laughs> so you got to check that out. But anyway, we got off, we got off topic there. Uh, yeah. He, he does these uh, albums that like each album is a different genre of music basically, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, this new genre that he's doing is like, it's called piss rock. Piss rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name of the genre. And, it's. I mean, it is what what you think it is. Every song is about piss, and it has piss <laughs> in the title. <laughs> but it's done in like a uh, like a southern rock Leonard Skinner ballad type way. Holy cow, man! And the. I mean, the songs are solid. They're like really catchy, and they sound just like any like you're listening to Leonard Skinner basically. Mm-hmm. But they're all about getting pissed on and then drinking piss and being into the whole piss thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can read you one of the. There are just like so many reviews. Um, what are the What are the titles of these songs? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the song the the album opens up with uh, the famous hot piss. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Man, I wonder if I could just play a quick sample of this. It's like the sample on Amazon. I'm going to get that pulled up because you just got to hear the the opening lines to it. You kind of realize what you're getting into.
God, yeah, that's great. It's like I was I was going through it and I was like, what the fuck is it? he wrote a song called Hot Piss? Okay. And then the next song is Honky Tonk Piss Club. <laughs> and then you get into Slurp It Up, which is a huge ballad. It's it's like um Slurp it up, slurp up the hot piss that I pissed into the dog bowl. <laughs> and then uh, uh, you got uh, Truck Stop Piss Club, Hot Piss Blues, <laughs> Piss Pig Freak. <laughs> Someone to piss on me. It's just insane, man. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Hey, like, how the fuck do you decide, like, I'll make a new album? It's going to be piss-centric. It's just going to be about piss. It's ballsy. It's ballsy. It's so, like, childish, too. Like, this is, that's some childish shit also, but it's hilarious. Well, okay, I got to pull up this one other thing, too, because it's like on the the uh, the band is called the Yellow River Boys, <laughs> and the album is Urinal Street Station. Nice. Um, but there's, like, a whole little um, synopsis, basically, on the back of the album. And I have to read you what the, because they're coming from a place of like finally us piss drinkers have a have an album that we can get down to. <laughs> Some good production value in there too. The songs are really catchy, and like my favorite thing is that it seems like if you if that was to come up on um, the jukebox at some of the bars back home, like where I grew mm-hmm. up in Southern Illinois. Yeah. Nobody would even realize the lyrics. Like, no. They would just be like, oh, okay, I'm digging this. They don't even realize it's about piss. So, Ty, the back of the album kind of gives you a little a little backstory, and it says, It's always rare that good friends get together to make good music. Throughout the production of this album, everyone in the studio was buzzing with anticipation. These guys in our group are fully committed to our lifestyle. And finally, we have an album that speaks for us. And then it's got a jar of piss, like in a desert. (laughs) Possibly my favorite, my favorite part is uh, it gives all the band members and it says the Yellow River boys are (laughs) Charles Charlie Rubert, vocals and guitar. Uh, Leopard Pulwer, lead guitar, back and vocals. Kit Graves Jr. on guitars. Mm. Dud Nichols Jr. on bass. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Pupper, <laughs> Lou Pupper organ. <laughs> Willie Christmas is on drums. <laughs> <laughs> Jerob Mean is harmonica and melodica, and Shelby Crick is pianos. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby. God damn. So I don't know how did how do they do it? They find like this frequency that they operate on that is I don't know. It's hard to even put into words what it is, but with the people that they get on the show, the names that they come up with, the things that they do, it it makes my brain hurt sometimes because I'll get sucked into this vortex of their videos and then. I want to like scroll down to the comments and read, you know, what people's opinions are. But all mm-hmm. of the people that are commenting are in like a shtick coma too. Like they're just it's all <laughs> shtick, like nothing serious. Nothing's real. What's happening here? It's yeah. it's insane. That's crazy. I love it, man. And the people they just get they get that they get for their shows and for the movies and stuff are just like, where the fuck are they getting these people? 
it's 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 really a good spot that they've tapped into here because nobody else is doing it. And no, man, I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm I'm hooked on the piss rock right now. Like that's my favorite genre, and <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I can't me. stop with the piss rock. I just love that we live in a time that somebody is making a living off of this. <laughs> Such a good time to be alive. I love it. Oh shit. So yeah, man, it's, it's strange. It's strange. Um, Cause you forget that you're jamming out to these, like um, you know, these, these piss songs mm-hmm. and I'll be playing them on my iPod and they'll just pop up on shuffle. And all of a sudden it's, it's like about like looking for someone to piss on me. <laughs> and my mom's like, what is this? And <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing, man. Yeah. Hey man. No more room for embarrassment. We have we have our genre now. Finally, <laughs> I I highly suggest listening to the whole album straight through. Every yeah, song is catchy, man. Oh well, so great. <laughs> so I think uh, yeah, we've we've gone on for quite a while. We can pro- that's a strong note to end on is uh, to yeah, recommend piss rock. Piss rock for sure. So in closing, Ty, you got any uh, closing statements here? Uh. <laughs> Nah, man. I don't think I do. It's uh, good to see you again, man. As always, yeah, good to talk to you. I don't think I have anything in closing either. Um, no. Glad we got another one out, and we will try to get another one out, you know, I guess at a faster pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Watch David the Gnome. I think, they have, all, I think they have them all on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. I think they do. So, yeah, check out David the Gnome. Um, mm-hmm. check out Mr. Rogers if you haven't seen it. For sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, next time, uh, whenever we get together, we can talk about. I've also been getting into old episodes of Taxi, and we can talk about that. Yeah, dude, that's something I've been meaning to like start from the beginning for a long time. I need to just do it. It's such a great show, and it's it's when once you're watching it, um you realize it really doesn't have anything to do with taxis at all. That's just sort of, mm-hmm. sort of just the setting. Nobody ever really drives a taxi. It's just all about the characters. Yeah. That's cool. Just the, uh, the theme song alone. That was killer. Oh dude. I know. It's like, that's my favorite when it, that song to me is like, um, Tom Bosley's voice. It is. I was kind of just thinking that it's like, not just exactly that, but it is, it's like a warm blanket. Just like, a. Ooh, this is good. This is where I belong right here. Very much so. Um, my uh, my job here, I, I work from home, and I keep headphones on all day, and I'm constantly getting calls, and we have the uh, opportunity to change our ringer because mm-hmm. it's just like a buzzing right in your head of ringing. I think I might change it to the taxi theme song every time I get a call. That might be good, although will that, will that ruin the song for you? That, or is that possible? That is the only – that's the debate, Ty. Yeah, yeah. Because it is, you really, yeah, you don't want to max out on it because it's something so special. You don't want to get sour of it. Yeah, that's true. And if it, and if it'll like create some sort of Pavlovian response, because every time I've used like a song for my, uh, for like my ringtone or something, even to this day, if I haven't used that ringtone in years and years, like if I hear that song start on random on my, you know, on shuffle or something, I'll just like immediately kind of jump like, oh shit, my phone. That's you're making some good points, man. Maybe I better not wear it out. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Well, yeah, dude. Um, I think we're good to go here. So yeah. 
it was uh, good talking with everybody. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up and stay tuned to uh, CSP. Yeah, for sure. We'll check you guys later. You have just listened to Complete Sentences with Kai and Rocky K. Please feel free to email us at completesentencespod at gmail.com.